Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. If you're a pet owner, you're going to love this episode and you're going to learn all about walkie paws. I know, like the name is unbelievable. And when I saw, I have three dogs. And when I saw the products here, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I need different sizes for each of my three dogs. You guys are like, what is Walkie Paws? Some of you know what Walkie Paws are, but you're going to learn all about it today um, with my guest, CEO and founder, Lisa Baranoff. Lisa, it's so great having you on the podcast. Hi, Justin. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks I'm so excited you're here. Uh, I cannot even wait to dive in. We've got so much to unpack here. Um, starting with your background, I loved that you came out of brand. I mean, you worked with some big brands. You've worked with the Revlons and Mattels and Sarah Lee's of the world. So you kind of knew this space, but share with our audience, you know, what was your path before starting your own business? Okay, so um, I've always been a really creative person, and um, I decided to pursue a, a you know career path in marketing on the creative side of marketing. And my very first job was working in advertising, and this was back in South Africa. Sure. And then soon after that, I actually got poached. We were presenting to a top hosiery company there, and I got poached by the, the hosiery company to work for them in the brand, for the brand, which was really cool because I soon realized it was actually much more fun to be in a net buying situation than a net selling. And I felt like being on a brand, you're sort of dealing with the agencies and you know, not seeking that business. So that was really fun to start working on the brand side. Um, and it was a company that was acquired by Sara Lee Hosiery, started off as a brand manager. And I worked there for about 10 years and worked my way up to, you know, a director of the entire marketing department. Sure. And what was really cool about that is I learned a lot about the hosiery industry working, you know, and that was way back when, when pantyhose were a thing. Since right. then, it's sort of been dying every year. It's, you know, even then it was sort of on the down, downward spiral. But, you know, at the time, right. pantyhose were, you know, woman wore them and there was a very big market. There was a whole fashion element to it as well with tights and colors and patterns. Right. So, Really, so, really fun. so they're not a thing anymore, I guess. <laughs> I should a, know. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like the men's ties. You know, uh, a, that's true. Nobody's wearing ties anymore, right? Jeez. It's a tricky business, yeah. <laughs> but it was really the pantyhose background that sort of was the impetus, really, for developing walkie paws, interestingly oh, enough. It's almost okay. like if I hadn't had that background, I might not have had the idea. Wow. So it's interesting how, you know, and then I moved to the States yep. um, and managed, I needed a visa and a green card and all that stuff. And I managed to get a job at Revlon, which was really Great interesting. Brand. I nothing about cosmetics, but sure. a very, very good experience. Really interesting. And then I segued into the toy industry. Mattel. Um, and yep. Mattel working on the branded goods, Fisher Price um, branded Sesame Street and Disney toys. Wow, that's and cool. that was awesome. Love that. I Spent bet. some time I in you know China, developed with developing product, did a lot with licensing, and really learned a lot from that company. And loved the industry. It's a fantastic industry, the toy industry. It really is. fun. It is. You yeah. Know. And then one of the last things I did just before I, you know, gave up work to have my children was the relaunch of the Tickle Me Elmo TMX. Oh, that's cool. 
anniversary and that was amazing it's really really fun so it's fun working with products and brands you know what i mean people it's it's funny people always ask like what's the best part about working for a big brand company it's like it, you get kind of you get enamored and and excited about and you feel like ownership for that brand when you're there you know exactly they become your babies right. so it's kind totally. of like, you know you're nurturing these these toys and it's just it's very creative especially in the toy industry because you're thinking of new ideas and then you're dealing with you know how to market them how to package them how to promote them and doing tv ads you know we sort of do big tv ads every year totally um, for the big toys and it was it was good and then working with big companies like um sesame street and disney you know was an another whole element which wow. was really fun. that's very cool so when yeah. so you have the the background in pantyhose and other <laughs> obviously brands yeah. um how did you get this idea for walkie paws where'd this come from Right. So, Justin, I I try, I was sort of late in the game to having children. I was a little bit of an older mom and sort of struggled, struggled to have my daughter. And by the time I actually managed to get pregnant and give birth to her, I was like, you know what? I, I can't really be flying to China and Hong Kong right. and be going to Toy Fair in L.A. And oh, I, just I love the Toy Fair. To yeah, yeah it, was, it was really fun. I, I mean, it was a hard decision, but I decided I really wanted to dedicate my time to being a mom because I've worked so hard to be, you know, become a mom. And I was literally a mom of two kids and at home all day long and had two dogs at the time. And to be honest, I was, you know, kind of bored. I kind of needed some sort of creative challenge. And the idea came to me one winter probably in about, let me figure out where it was, to probably around 2015, when my older dog, um, Toffee, a Crocker Spaniel, got really sick one winter. And when I took him to the vet, the vet said, you know, he's been ingesting the snowmelt chemicals, which are oh, really not good for dogs. That's not good. He would lick his paws, so he'd walk. And then I did use, used to wipe his paws down, but it's not really good enough because the remnants of that salt can Ugh. remain on their paws. And then if they lick it, it's not terribly dangerous, but they can get really sick. They can get really bad stomach problems. And that's what happened with Toffee. And my vet was, you know, you need to have him wear booties. And I <laughs> was like, what? Booties, booties? right. I was like, what do you mean? And then I went on this mission to buy booties. And it was a very interesting consumer experience because I realized that they just don't work. And I tried literally about 15 different pairs, all different types from the little elastic kind of um, rubber ones that you have to stretch to get the paws into, to the real shoe type, you know, boots and sneakers. Sure. And they all had the same for me, the, the same three issues. Issue number one, it's incredibly hard to get them on. Trying to get like four individual little shoes. I know. Dogs, I, have, I, I know one. They'll take them off. They'll pull them off. It's just that you, so you get them on and then in order to get them to stay on, right. they have to be really tight around the dog's ankle. Right. And they don't like that though. And they don't like that. It's, it really can stop the blood flow. It's uncomfortable. So you manage to get them on. They're really tight. The dog's doing this funny high step walk as you probably <laughs> see funny videos. And you finally get outside in the snow or the rain or the whatever, and you start walking and then one of them falls off. Right. And invariably what would happen with me is I'd be walking and before I even knew it, one would be off. I didn't even know where it was. We'd lost a boot. Right. The whole lot maybe cost me $60. I'd have yes. to buy a whole nother set for $60. I didn't even want to buy another set. $60. Because they didn't well, that, those were the expenses ones i mean they are cheaper ones that are like 20 dollars. but you know i was i was I trying know. them out i was an interested consumer and it was just a really interesting sort of marketing quandary for me i was like this is crazy there has to be a better way of doing this and right. you know, researched the market found nothing else you know there were a lot of poor wipes 
right? Um, little mats you could use, you know, when you bring your dog home. Poor washers, which I thought was kind of interesting, but what's the point? Because then you bring your dog home, you're putting their paws into this wet wash, and then they've got sopping wet paws. Use the sink you know? for that or the bathtub. Yep. Yeah, and then I live in Manhattan on the Upper West Side, which is not the cleanest environment. So you sort of, when your dog's walking on the street, you're sort of walking, you know, on other dogs' bathroom. Sort of <laughs> yep. There's, not, again, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, it's it's awful. And then I'm a dog lover, so my dog is part of my family. And as you probably know, there's this huge trend in the pet industry towards humanization, right? Where people are doing for their pets what they do for themselves. Oh, so, that's interesting. you know, okay. they're giving them, you know, gourmet, um, you know, foods, uh, foods and yep. all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah, and, the pet food industry is blowing up right now. Snacks, you know, what better for you snacks? You know, it's a it's an animal anyway. Yeah, yeah. totally get it. though. Organic yeah. food. And, right. you know, and, and people have like me, I'm, I'm one of them. I, my dog sleeps in my bed. Oh, yes. So all three of ours thing. sleep in our bed. Like, I mean, it's almost uh, impossible, but uh it's it's anyway different yeah, topic for another time okay so that's awesome right. i love how you framed up the challenge so you you see that opportunity how did you go from hey there's a real need here in this niche i'll call it to actually making a product so that's interesting so i came back from one of these unsuccessful dismal walks with my right. doctor and i had this crazy idea and i ran to my bedroom and and took two pairs of pantyhose and literally put his paws, I cut them with the scissors, put his paws into the front set, tied them on his back, put his paws into the back set, and then tied a big bow with, you know, this contraption on his back. And he was running around the apartment and not very happy with me with <laughs> having sure. to wear pantyhose. And I was like, you know what, this could really work because it sort of solves a lot of the issues. Um, issue number one is you would never lose a booty to, again because these right, leggings they tie are, or, or they they connect. I see that. They all together. Yeah. So even if you lost one, it would still be connected. So you wouldn't really lose it. And then the other thing was it doesn't have to be tight around the dog's ankle because it would suspend over the back to right. stay up. And then the third, and then it's obviously more comfortable for the dog. And then the third thing was um, it covers much more of the dog's fur because I have a golden doodle as well, and she sure. gets very sort of in the snow in that he gets clumps of snow in him and then you'd have to come home and sort of put him in a bath. Right. So this would protect the entire leg, not just the little, you know, paw area. So then I was on, a, and then I also, because of my background in marketing and, you know, knowing the fashion industry, there's obviously been over the last, you know, decade or so, a huge trend towards um, women wearing leggings to right. athleisure. Right. Where we all walk around in our leggings all day long. So I thought of combining the athleisure trend with the humanization it's a trend. Huge trend, right? And now. I thought it might be a really cool idea to create a category of leggings for dogs because there is there is no such there was no such category at that point. There were you know dog boots, dog shoes, dog sneakers, dog slippers, but no dog leggings. Got it. Wow. So that was the beginning of the adventure. And then it was sort of trying to figure out how to actually make this product, which was another whole. Yeah. Saga. So that's where I was going next. So nice that you have an idea. Maybe you even kind of made do with some some <laughs> leggings and whatnot to try it out. How did you go from that to actually having something made and, and like manufactured? Yeah. So really good question. So I um, had a friend who was really good with a sewing machine. So i um, I knew the fabric for the legging needed to be a spandex, you know, with a four-way stretch 
um, nylon fabrics. So just it's very easy to buy that. There's lots of um, you know fabric stores that sell patterned fabrics, and I thought of doing you know fun bright patterns to really tie into this whole idea of leggings. Sure, um, that would be fun and 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 cute. So bought the fabric, made these footed leggings, but the biggest challenge was what would we do on the pore area? It would need right. to be something that was durable. That wouldn't like, get soaked. Exactly. Yeah. So it couldn't be a cut and sew because anything we were looking at with cut and sew has little puncture holes. So that's not right. waterproof. And that was, to be honest, the really tricky part because that was um, sort of beyond my capabilities. I couldn't just buy fabric and cut and sew this. And that's where I had to look at what was being done with booties in the market at the time and also try and find um, a product that would be comfortable for the dogs to wear because a lot of the, the booties are just not comfortable. And after we, you know, after doing a lot of research, it was established that dogs need to feel the ground when they walk. So the, 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 the booty couldn't be too thick. It couldn't be like a, you know, like a leather or so came up with the idea of doing a rubber, which had been done before by other companies. Sure. But then I had to outsource that and try and find a, a factory to make that because that's a molded part. So you actually right. have to do tooling. And make so, molds. But so how did you do long. that? Did you use your network or did that, did that come into play or how did you figure that out, you know, without having made a product before? You know, it was, it was trial and error and a lot of mistakes, to be honest. Um, I started off by just researching on the internet what to do and found a company. Um, and I'm trying to remember the website. I can't think of the website. I was a long time ago, but it was a company down in the garment industry that, you know, developed products and sure. produced them. Went to that company and just landed up paying a huge amount of money for nothing. You know, it was just, I remember the woman saying to me when I first went there, she's, you know, you have to pay to play. And I guess I should have really kind of realized <laughs> that that was that a real right. Yeah. And then I soon realized after that, it was like, you know, three people in a meeting at $100 an hour and soon oh, yeah. find out it was thousands of dollars and I, yeah. I hadn't really got and you very hadn't far. anything in hand yet. Yeah. Wow. So it was kind of like a confluence of just, you know, knowing people and speaking to people. And I, through a friend of a friend, I reached out to a woman in China who had actually just been laid off from mm. a big children's wear company. And she was very good at sourcing children's wear products and reached out and just worked with her directly. And she was phenomenal and she sourced a rubber company and got samples for me and you know worked with her for a year and developed the initial prototypes and brought the product to market in, in wow. 2018 well so uh, what did it look like at first so you're working with her you're coming up with some designs and and whatnot trying them out on dogs i'm guessing <laughs> to see that they would work did was there a time was there a time when you knew okay we have something here it's ready to go like what did that look like what was the first iteration yeah so it was you know it was kind of a really simple iteration because it's really just four sleeves so to speak like leggings sure. that connect over the back and then we just need these sort of u-shaped rubber booties that are waterproof so that was the first iteration and then i was testing them in the summer the time that i was testing it was boiling hot here and i had to walk my poor dog around manhattan wearing these things <laughs> to see if they stayed on and to see if and when people would come up to me and say where did you get those right and I then i was those. like no right. this is not because I wasn't sure, to be honest, you know, friends of mine, really good friends of mine said, this is never going to work. And of I'm course, like, well, what that's do you okay. mean? And they were like, the they were like, this is like, I would not put my dog in this thing. It looks ridiculous. So I was like, well, maybe <laughs> it's not going to work. But right. what was so interesting is just testing the product. 
I had people come up to me and say they really wanted them. Where could they buy them? And I started developing a, you know, a list, a, a marketing list of probably about 300 emails by the time I was done. Wow. So I realized there was a market for this, which was, you know, which was right. very enlightening. That's um, so, and so how did you know, like, because when you were first launching it, did it immediately take off on your first, when, when you had the first product? And how did you sell? Did you sell a website or just friends? Like, what did that look like at first? Yeah, you know, so interesting. It did immediately take off and it was, it was incredible. And I think, <laughs> I'll tell you why I think, um, you, I made sure that the brand name, when you'd mentioned it earlier, Walkie Paws, which we spent so it's much so time. Great. It's so great. We had it's so catchy. many names. Yeah. So it was like we had a name Foxy Soxy, and we had another name Stretchy Paws. And, but I wanted a name where we could ha- own that name across every single category. So we could own it for Instagram, Facebook, right, exactly. um, .com, whatever. So that was the first step. And then the other thing was owning the category of dog leggings, I think was a really big um, success you know, driver fast because if people didn't know what they were called and they couldn't remember walkie paws to put into a search engine, if people put dog leggings in, it, you know, it would bring up pages and pages on walkie paws. And then we got very lucky. We just launched on the website on Amazon. And on Amazon, we had zero advertising. We were not prime either. We were just, um, you know, right. sending out. You were just basic. Initial seller, right? <laughs> exactly. So there was no, um, you know, two-day shipping, et cetera. And it just took off. It was a a lot of luck in the sense that when we launched, it was October, so it was starting to get really cold. Um, it was 2018. It was a very cold year. And then we had a lot of press interest. It sort of just snowballed. Somehow I had only marketing I'd invested in at that point was just a little bit of PR with a woman who specialized in pet PR. And she managed to get us into People magazine, and they oh, did a wow. whole article on the world's first doggy legging. And as you can, as you know, it's kind of a very newsworthy, right. fun topic because it's, totally. it's sort of dogs and it's fashion and it's kind of interesting and silly and funny and yeah, you know, it's a very it happy product and exactly. a lot of exposure. And then a lot of press sort of just came from that. We landed up getting you know a lot of exposure and a lot of different. You know, the Daily Mail picked us up. Um, wow. Today's show, the it was just incredible. Awesome. So, were you prepared for that? I mean, could you handle the order volume? And and when did you start expanding to to new products? What did that look like? Right. So we were not prepared. We sold out sort of in mid December, launched in October, sold out in December, Mm -hmm. and then I had the issue of you know trying to get more product made and getting it in in time and air shipping it in, which was actually very stressful because I had a lot of people wanting it and expensive. Supply it was was yeah. challenging, inexpensive, um, right? Air shipping for those that I mean, like it versus bringing it over on a boat, a lot more yeah, money. Yep, very expensive. So, um, and you know, I'm really a marketing person. I'm sort of good at the more creative side of the business, right? So I've had versus to really become. Side. Got it. Exactly. I've had to learn more the operations and inventory control and finance, which I kind of knew from marketing, but it's not my strong suit. So that sure. was tricky. So we eventually got back in stock and, you know, and then just what's happened is every year we've come up with a new iteration of walkie paws because we learn so much, you know, every year we, we, we really pay attention to what consumers say. We take it very seriously. Um, we, you know, take all the reviews very seriously, especially the, the negative reviews. Sure. So every year we try to make the product a little bit better. So, you know, the first year it was the basic walkie paws. Um, the second year we did, 
a um, water-resistant fabric for the leggings because the leggings initially were not at all water-resistant. It was just the boots. Got it. So then the whole thing became, you know, resistant to water. And then we added an extra connector on the back to actually get a better fit. So you'll be able to really have more of an H-shaped design on the back rather than an X with the, the straps. Got it. Um, and then the following year, we wanted more traction on the actual booty. So we, we decided to do these little grippies rubber grippies that would you know provide traction which yep. um, you know people wanted absolutely and um we already looking at something really exciting for this fall which i can't Ooh. really get, but it's a, a whole new you know you learn so much you sort of bring totally. the product that's really cool you learn and you get ideas and some of the really good ideas have come from customers you know totally. they are we have very um, involved customers and they you know love the product um, and give a lot of feedback which is which is great i love that yeah i was looking you got outdoor leggings indoor leggings liner socks coach leashes and harnesses and so much more um i mean wow you've really expanded the business um and then so what about how have you sold over time in other words were you always i know you mentioned selling online you obviously saw on your website and what about retail stores any what does that look like you know, we don't really pursue retail stores because the wholesale model is not particularly right. profitable for us totally. right now. You know, direct to consumer is a really profitable model. Absolutely. So our primary focus is the website. Secondary is Amazon. And then we do have retailers who reach out to us. And if they reach out to us, and they're usually small stores, small pet stores, sure. we, we, you know, make it happen for them just to be, we'd like to have presence in different stores. And, you know, even though it doesn't, it's not really a money driver for us, we do have a small and steady and growing wholesale business. So um, we're sort of trying to figure that out and looking at expanding our digital footprint, because there are a lot of different, you know, pet e-commerce sites that we could get onto, but we really wanted to perfect it for ourselves and Amazon before we went any deeper. Got and it. that would probably that's be the next level. Yeah, yeah. That's very smart. Get your get your volume there. Um that's great. Now I, I was when I was looking at your material before today, I was thinking, wow, what a great product. This this could be a really good fit for Shark Tank. And then you know, you and I uh connected and I asked you about this and, and it turns out you have been connected to Shark Tank. So can you what can you share with us about that experience? Yeah, so that was so interesting. It's, you know, so many times walking my dog in the streets, you know, I get a lot of excitement from people. Right, of course. Kids would turn and they'd be, you know, that dog's wearing pants or, you know, that dog's <laughs> wearing shoes. And people would say to me, you should be on Shark Tank. Right. And, you know, I'd watched Shark Tank my whole life. I've watched it with my kids. They absolutely love the show. I love the show. And I was thinking I'd love to be on Shark Tank. So I was looking into um, pitching. Um, and this was the beginning of last year. And then lo and behold, out of the blue, I got an email from Shark Tank asking if I'd like to be on the show. And I was like, hell yes, I'd love to right, be on the show. Of course. So it <laughs> and you filled out all the paperwork happened. and did the videos and all of yeah, that. Yeah, so then, it's a process. And then it's a whole process. Yeah. And, you know, really, really exciting process. And I'm very happy with how it all went. It was, uh, you know, it was a, an incredible experience. And, you know, being there, meeting the sharks was amazing. That's cool. Really cool. And it's, it's great exposure as well. And there's been a lot of interest in the company since then as, you know, it just becomes, it, it creates 
a whole nother life for for the brand right. which is totally which is opens very... a whole bunch of new interests and doors exactly. exactly that's very very cool um i always love to ask and, and you guys you get so much uh, exciting growth in front of you uh and you've had a lot of lessons learned um what what would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned you'd share with our audience we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen and i always love to ask this question and, and i'd love to hear some advice from you you know one of the most basic lessons were it has been that I can do it myself. Like I really now feel very empowered. You know, when I started, I was so overwhelmed because I'd never really run a business by myself, although I'd, you know, marketed brands. I was like, how do you like ship these things, you know, and how do you do the mailing, whatever? And I was just so nervous about all of that and thinking I needed to employ people to do it for me. And I think what was most empowering is learning that, you know, now in this, day and age, working from home and, um, you know, having the internet at your disposal, you can learn how to do anything. Sure. So I'm now shipping product. I mean, I do have a warehouse, but I also ship product from my own home. And I've taken, you know, I've learned so much about digital marketing that I never knew before. And it's just been baby steps in terms of learning it yourself and figuring it out. And you don't really need someone to do everything for you. And I think that's like one of the biggest lessons um, and very empowering. Um, and also just to trust your gut feeling with people. And, you know, I've made some mistakes along the way. Like I mentioned that, you know, first company that was doing design for me. Um, it's sort of learning to trust your gut instinct about when something's good or something's not good. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that, you know, can sell you a lot and you just need to sort of trust your, totally. you know, your radar. That's a tough one, right? I mean, that's, yeah. don't always yeah. know. You know, outside looks different than when you get to work with a partner sometimes. Wow. Yeah. And, and how about on the people side, any lessons learned from, you know, uh, your, your, your quote unquote team or those that have worked with you in, in collaboration? Um, so I only really have one employee and she came to me um, as a consumer. She was a consumer and has a, a big following on Instagram for her three dogs. Oh, very good. She had reached out to me a few times, you know, about walkie paws and how she loved them and questions to do with her dogs and ideas. And in the one um, email correspondence, she just said, you know, I'd love to work for you. Could I do customer service for you? Oh, wow. And I just really liked her approach. And it was at a time where we were growing rapidly and I did need someone to help with customer service. So she's really my only employee, so to speak. And it's been great. That's awesome. Fantastic. Um, and customer service is very important to us as a company because, we, as I said, we really want to try and take care of our customers to the best of our abilities and, and listen to them and learn from them. So that's been a, you know, a focus of where I'm sort of putting my money is in, in that. And then the rest of it is really outsourced. I try, as I said, I try and do as much as I can myself. Sure. And there are things that I'm just not good at, um, like forecasting, for argument's sake. <laughs> right. really the, the business side of things. I totally get that. You're the creative. I love it. Yeah. So I have a, gr a great guy who does forecasting for me. A lot of the people I'm using are sort of individual one-man shows because yeah, I'm finding the big perfect, companies That's perfect, are just though. too expensive. So it's, you know, and I've also learned working from home and now with COVID, you, you can have people working all over the world. You That's know, right. I, I have I found a, a fantastic guy in India who reached out to me. I think I posted a job on Fiverr to do photo editing. 
he reached out to me from Bangladesh and I sent him some pictures to edit and his pricing was fantastic compared to, you know, here locally. So I use him now for all my photo editing. I use um, a group in the Philippines who do um, digital graphic art for me and really cost efficient and and an incredible work ethic, really, you know, good design. That's great. And then my second customer service person is also from the Philippines. So I sort of have a team all over the world. And in fact, my person who manages my Facebook and Instagram account is in Spain. That's awesome. So it's like very yeah. multinational. And yeah, and you know, I think that in itself is a lesson learned for all of you listening. Um, because, and I, I will tell you, I had a similar experience. One of my guests actually about a couple months ago shared with me a company she was working with, a small little firm in India that was doing, um, that set up her shop, like on her website, and also was doing social posts and whatnot. And I called them immediately for some help on another project I was working on. On and and I'm using them now and they've been amazing and so uh, you know I, I think there's a whole ecosystem of of I'd say partners beyond your you know kind of your typical expectation of the the big agency or the expensive firm so that's, that's a great lesson learned yeah agreed um, yeah share with our audience where they can buy the product how they can connect with you learn more etc okay great so I'm. We are, our website is walkiepause.com. So it's W-A-L-K, like walk, and then E-E, pause.com. <laughs> I love it. So, I love yeah, it. You know, the, the reason we thought of that name was when I used to take my dog walking, I'd say, let's go walkies, you know. Yeah, you say that word with my dogs and they'll go running to the door and bark. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and then we are also on Amazon. And those are really the two main, you know, main ways to find us. Um, And we have um, a website with, you know, you'd mentioned the products we had, you know, we launched, we we just are venturing into a brand new category, which um, will probably come to fruition in the next month or so. And that's a whole category of doggy and me products because people really want to match their dogs. So we're looking at doing a doggy legging that for adults and, you know, for women (laughs) that match. So you could walk out and be matching your dog. And we have a really cool, I know, we've come up with a really cool way to put the um, little, you know, poop bags into a a hidden pocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to carry those. Yeah, that's a challenge. Hands-free walking. Yeah, so lots of, and lots of fun things coming for for winter. That's So. so great. Wow. Well, Lisa, it's been so great meeting you. So excited to have you on and uh, to learn about your brand. And thanks for sharing your story with us and look forward to having you back on. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.